0: how are you guys you are handsome faces yes. good we're doing really well thank you', you.
1: You're, you're a splendid couple I enjoy looking at you
0: and we are really enjoying a lot the uh having the interns in this is the a tradition the, the, the fellows, fellows. <laughs> the fellows.
1: yeah well it's, I mean it's kind of like a it's it's kind of like a, a internship on steroids
0: right um, this last time the group came there were there was what 14 15 12 we no, I think it was more, there was at least 16 with us, counting us. This group was very interested and in, there was a lot of... of
2: they wanted uh, to have us talk about the Middle East. Right. Because yeah. it was a it just...
0: And Alan right. had said that. Alan had told us that he he'd liked for us to explain a little bit to them. But they were very interested, very open. I, yeah, they got out... <laughs> or Kay got out maps. But they were very interested and very um, mature um, about... What we were talking about this is for
1: the fellows and so they they all sometimes they all do stuff together there's i think there's some pretty great
0: community that's that's just kind of organic you among can, them and then some of the staff yeah we got into an interesting discussion um and one of the guys was very interested in talking I mean, a little bit about it and kind of feeling the rest of them out, out about how they felt about it but in their community last maybe the few days before they came here to us they, there was a shooting not far from them, a couple of blocks. Yeah.
2: He's and asked he talked
0: a about that. He was asking us a question about how do you deal when, with people who are involved in violence and they come and, you know, and he said, because the kids that he's working with, many of them have been affected by the violence in the neighborhood.
2: Well, I yeah. want to go ahead and say a little bit, we talked about the stress that we lived under and, you know, I, we've said our kids all have a little bit of anxiety issues from that. He sure. we said, Well, I have a sensing that they feel anxiety because they work with kids who might go home to wear their guns. Mm-hmm. How how do you give the how do you deal with it? How it's just so discouraging. And then I pointed out something that in the Middle East, in the middle of all this violence, they're very tribal people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the adults all take aff- boss around everybody's kids. And they, everybody belong, the kids, they're all intermarried to cousins and stuff. So they're never, they're, they're, they're still part of a family system that they don't want to bring shame. And I think the family units are so broken down with the kids that they work with that the kids don't often feel so safe and cared for. And that's a that's troubling to them because they've never been around that. I said, said, your job is to give them a little bit of light and sense of love and safety for the hours you have them. Right. I I sense that there is a little anxiety in them because that was like a new world to them, you know?
1: I wanted to talk with you guys. Well, first of all, I enjoy talking with you guys and it's been, a, it's been a while. I mean, we did talk yeah. the other day, but I was thinking about the very first time I ever came in contact with you guys. And I think I've told you this story. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this, but I think it was at Intermountain District Assembly and Lyndall came out onto stage dressed in some particular type of
0: robe and garb. Can you I'm remember sure. that, Lindell? Yeah. Oh, oh I'll never forget it. And anybody who was there in the congregation would never forget We it. Made well, a- tell the story.
1: I want to hear the story from your perspective. I don't want to, because there's, I loved it, but tell tell the story. Well,
0: it was at Scott Daniels church, actually. And it was district assembly. They had their NMI, con- their missionary convention and their, their uh, district assembly where they do all their district business.
2: We were starting to get ready and Little said, well, you know, I think I'll just go to this side door and come in. So I begin to speak. And Lindo can't get in the auditorium.
0: It's locked. The door's locked to get back in.
2: And that was my first clue that things may be not going to go well. I said, somebody go let him in the auditorium so well, we could stop.
0: I'll tell show. you what it was gonna also. I had these the, it was a Kurdish outfit and the pants are the kind that you know are real they're real wide, and then you you belt them and, and tie the belt, and the actually it it hangs down to your knees and uh, I was going to go into a restroom. Scott had told us we could go in there, go there and get, I could go in there and get dressed. Well, I thought there was a a room in there too, but I go out in this hallway and it's just, it's just a a landing of a, of a staircase. Yeah. So I thought, well, I better not take my pants off because I better just pull these. I was planning on doing it, planning on taking my, you know, just getting dressed. But I, so I pulled those pants on uh, over my, my regular clothes and, then I put my top on and it, it has a, like a cummerbund type of uh, belt that is about 30 feet long. And wow. I wrap it, it, I wrap it around me about four times, five times. And then, but I braid it in a certain way in the front to where it really looks like, almost like a braid. Yeah. But, um, so, uh, like, like Kay said, <laughs> I was there and they had introduced us. She had gone up there and I could, get the door open. It was locked. And uh, so I kept knocking on the window and she said, I think that somebody needs to let my husband in. I think he's stuck out there. So that was, I forgot about that, but that did happen. We got up to speak and we speak together and kind of in tandem, you know, she speaks and I speak and we go back and forth. And we were maybe about a third of the way into the message. And,
2: uh, and I kept seeing, we weren't. People weren't listening, and they were like starting to smile and chuckle. And finally, I just stopped and said, "What's going on, Linda?
0: Why are they laughing?
2: Why is everybody starting to laugh?" I stopped. Remember that? That I kind of said, "What's going well, on?" Well,
0: my cummerbund thing kind of came unloose in the back, and I was kind of messing around with it. That's what I thought was wrong. Well, then they start. People started chuckling, and Kay said, "What? What are they laughing about?" And I looked down and I said. My pants have fallen all the way to my ankle. <laughs> okay. I didn't know this. This is not what I was remembering at all. I don't know this story. We were talking about our entrance, the church's interest into northern Iraq, and now yeah. I had gone I'd gone in there. But and I had one of those costumes on because we had gone and worked in those. And one of the men from our church there actually is a, a tailor. He makes men's suits. And NCM, Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, helped him. To buy material and uh, to redo a garage so he could have a little factory after his village had been bombed. Hmm. So yeah. they had been destroyed because back in the nineteen eighty, about eighty eight, uh, Saddam's army destroyed most of the Kurdish villages. Yeah, so right. anyway, I uh, and so we were telling that and my, but he had made me this suit, so it's really special to me. But it didn't work. Okay, <laughs> hey, let me tell you what I remember, and you and tell everybody-
2: me broke out in laughter and we could hardly get it back together. Listen, I I I'm
1: not great at staying in my seat during a district assembly.
2: I don't think I was in
1: the room when that happened. Otherwise, okay. I would remember. Let me tell you what I remember. Okay. I remember just Lindell coming on onto stage and he was in some type of traditional outfit right. and he came up to the to the mic and he said something kind of like I thought that I would greet you in Arabic, but I decided against it because I knew that Idaho was a concealed carry state.
2: I think you did say something like that. I think he did say something like remember. that. He you said, don't remember that? You're I, right. I think the, you audience,
1: the audience burst out into laughter. And I thought it was quick and, and, and like witty. I was like, wow, he, he just said that. But then I thought, why are they all laughing? And it's because they thought it was funny because it's true. <laughs> because it's true. And then I started thinking how many guns are sitting in the sanctuary of College
0: Church right now during district assembly?
2: Oh, oh and yeah. I am
0: i guarantee that there were several. Sure, sure. We like,
2: after his pants fell, it was, you know, it's one of those good, healthy laughs. The funnier yeah. it is, the more you think about it. And everybody really... Got a good laugh, for it that lasted him. We met people at General Assembly. Said that was the best laugh I've had in years, and we 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 pulled it back, but not completely.
1: Or pulled it pulled it up, maybe. Yeah, yes.
2: well, I had to hold his pants up. And <laughs> then she got to help him back, and that it's, wasn't it's very story.
1: Common, so, well, uh, I remember chatting you up about it, Lyndal, at, at the at the coffee a, table, just really quick, of like, hey, I thought that was pretty funny, but it's because I think that there are guns in the room. Now. I do, I. So, I'm not sure what year that was. I mean, it
2: I I was, was doing youth in Michigan. Before General Assembly. It was the the spring before General Assembly, which would have been 87. No, 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 London, 87. It I was mean just... uh,
0: 17. So it would have been 16.
2: Yeah, the last General Assembly it was that summer.
0: Okay. Because then the next
1: time I remember being around you guys was in a context with college students and young adults, and it was at Treveca at a CCO at a cross cultural yeah, orientation, yeah, okay. and and then it it was there that I I felt like I got to know you guys a little bit and just kind of hear your your hearts more and see you around college students. So fast forward however many years, and I'm working with Shepherd directly, and you guys are living in Fishers, Indiana, and mm-hmm. and we're needing mentors and people to be around um, young adults and. We want them to have a missionary perspective and have that fostered, cultivated in, in their imagination around working at Shepherd. And so I was like, hey, Lindell, they're nearby. Young adults like to eat. I like the Brownings. Let's put the let's put these um, interns and fellows around the Brownings. And and then it's this it's it's that missionary perspective. But then it's also that grandparent vibe and to yeah. me that is secret sauce of of young adult ministry is yeah. is young adults around people that love them and and cherish them and can just be people with them but but that experienced kind of grandparently just love and per, you know that perspective and so you guys have been doing that now for almost i mean we're going on 3 years now trying this you know and it's been it's been different intervals I mean the the idea was was once a month but I just want to thank you um for being available for that and working out with the different people that have that have been point person for that
0: well you know for us that's really been and I think it's been both of us would say this when they first come in and we don't know them or they don't know us it's a little bit of, you know, we've got to do a little bit of an icebreaker and that's usually just in conversation, you know, just talking to them, asking them. And I'm they're, very...
2: They're much more uh, social. Or they're easier to talk to than any group we'd have. when you yeah, say? Yeah. They engage a yeah. little more.
0: You're talking about this person group. This group, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. we, uh, but then this, and then they're very uh, open to, we tell them just make yourself at home yeah. and I mean, they don't go into... Our bedrooms or anything mm-hmm. like because this but they'll get up and they'll they're free to ask us if do you have any salt or do you have any milk yeah. or anything like this and we're happy to for them to make themselves at home but i think our our real interest in young adults well we have we have uh, four kids that are in they're, they're middle
2: age now i call them yeah
0: so anyway <laughs> we, wrong with
2: that Nothing wrong with middle
0: uh, I'm just 40 here to, to
2: 48, and that's I said. Gee, was their middle aged now?
0: Our last about four or five years in Jerusalem, we started a. We had a couple of guys from Ireland. You probably know Tim Evans, who is. Um, I don't know if we have met. NCM. He's co- Irish. Yeah, he's okay. Irish. NCM coordinator for. I think he's NCM coordinator for all of uh, maybe over projects over eurasia and he may okay. have some other uh, experience uh, some other responsibilities too but tim came from afghanistan he had been and he asked if he had if we could use him for a couple of months so he came for three months ended up staying three years <laughs> and uh, he, we started a young adult um did we start bible study first or yeah, well we started having service?
2: no no out of his service we found out these kids love to get together and we said hey If you'll pitch in a little bit for a meal every Thursday night, you can come to our house and we'll do a Bible study and a meal together. And so we did that for two years and we loved it. And it was such a good time. I, I, and uh, I, so when we came back as missionaries, I said, the thing I'm going to hate about retirement is we have to spend a lot more time with old people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Uh, I'm trying to
0: help. I'm trying to send uh, young adults your way. But, so we enjoyed doing the CCOs so much. Oh, I and, loved that. But and, the thing
2: I, I was thinking, and we have a group of people our age, and we've decided we've been meeting for six years now, pretty regularly, once or twice a month. The other few weeks, we said, let's meet on Sunday evening and meet around the table and make this an extension of our Sabbath.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Coming to the table together. And I
0: We do it every other week.
2: Every other week. I do think there's something about when you come to the table together yeah. that is biblical and it, it it slows you down. I we would much rather have people to eat at our table than at a restaurant. The yeah. conversation takes different turns and directions and we're surrounded by all this stuff that reeks of our lives but it yeah, so I think that's what we are very committed to, you know, uh that's that's
0: why we enjoy having the the fellows to come into our house because you know they can sit on the floor or sit on pillows or sit on you know some of them stay around the table and some of them uh you know they and they have great fellowship together they don't care
2: if my house is clean or anything
0: honey our house is just don't
2: have toilet paper in the bathroom
0: (laughs) but uh, that's great but anyway there's good conversation and we uh we enjoy that age group and we uh, so we've been doing, you know, we really like doing that. But this time they were really interested in what's going on in the Middle East. And Kay and I, neither one are we're not tied down completely, although we're getting more involved. She is working as a kind of filling in as a secretary at our church, uh, which is a smaller church, 80 to 100 people. And uh, she's doing some secretarial work there because the lady that's doing it's had some family issues and health issues and i'm just volunteer work at the police department and i've got a y- lot of young adults there that i'm trying to deal with and sure. uh, it's completely different them not being christians but i you know me having uh, they there's a lot of respect a lot of mutual respect and we're we've become very good friends they uh, don't like,
2: they try not to swear in front of me well
0: <laughs> someone the other day are these the officers you're working with yeah and yeah. and the detective mostly in the detective yeah. area sure and the other day there were about six of them sitting around in a circle they were talking and i came in the, the the one of the doors and um i one of the guys saw me and, and he hardly ever talked he's kind of shy but he always talks with them a lot and he's got a mouth like a sailor sure <laughs> but he uh he saw me come in just kind of saw the top of my head and he and he yelled like and he doesn't ever do this hi chap and he calls me chap and so then the conversation just changed completely. I and, said it real
2: loud, Claire. That was the and signal.
0: Then yeah. I can't. Yeah, he did. And I started laughing and they all started laughing. And I said, you know, you guys try to change your stories. I said, I probably won't sit here and listen to all of them. But I said, be yourselves. I said. And so they are. But we have a good. we've had a good time with them. But anyway, I'm
1: sure they, they see some things that call for some
0: colorful descriptions. Yes. Oh, they do. They do. And, uh, and they're, you know, they're, they're almost always talking about different things at work. It's not like they're talking about their families or talking about, I mean, they know their families. Maybe they do that together outside of the, the station there, but they, um, they're good about talking, you know, they're talking about their, some of the things that they're doing. And so that's, that's, and that's interesting to me, but they include me in a lot of their conversations. That's awesome. You know, I don't think I've ever asked you guys about your
1: call to missions and how that came about and then how your your placement in in global missions uh developed. Would you mind sharing about that?
2: Uh sure. Mine was when I was probably about 5th grade and it came after I'd seen a lot of missionaries come to church and tell their story. And I thought I said, "Yeah, Lord, I can do that." But I didn't know you know, just be willing to do it. But by the time I got to college, I didn't know for sure if that's what I was going to be or do. I prepared to be a teacher. And just, you know, God needed to confirm that in that. But I did go on what was called Student Mission Corps with Franklin Cook that summer. So that was in my heart. I hope if I could do this, I want to be ready if this is what God has for me. And then I had known Lyndall since we were 14. And you can tell how you came to your missions.
1: Okay. But before he does, I want to ask a, a question. You were in Student Mission Corps. Have, I was running Youth and Mission when we met. Did we ever talk about you being like an alumni? I, I so. mean, Student Mission Corps was before it was named. I know, Youth and Mission. I yeah. know. I
2: mean, uh, no, we did it. I mean, Franklin set up a great program. You know, you got inherited the framework for it. Well, me. I've
1: I've talked to him about it. I actually have one interview with him about how it all came about and was set up and everything. And I did that while I was helping lead youth and mission. But where was it that you went with Student Mission Corps?
2: Jamaica, Jamaica.
1: Yeah, Jamaica. all
2: right. With his dad. His dad was ending wow. his missionary career there. That it, it was. It was. It was a good experience. I mean. I think what I learned from that was that I think I could do this if this is what God has for me to do, you know, and Mm -hmm. back then there were no cell phones and there wasn't even a decent phone. And we wrote letters back and forth and they would take six, you know, five weeks to get there. And it was a, I think that was important. That's what I tell these kids. I said, you are doing mission and you are doing something that's so important for what God has in store for you. Yeah. And we all the time are trying to affirm their sacrifice that they're making and their ability to adjust. Because I think this is the this is the student mission core of the seventies. Is mm. this experience? Don't you think it is?
1: You know, I've never thought about it that way. I mean, there's 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 definitely a lot that I'm pulling from from youth and mission. My experience in youth and mission and leading that, and it feels a lot the same. And I mean, even having you guys involved and having, I mean just there's a lot of things there. but I've never I totally agree with you. I've never connected the two thoughts of like, this is what it would be like to send a cohort of people oh in youth and youth and mission, student Mission Corps out. But we're doing it to Shepherd.
2: it's a new culture for all of them. It's inner city. They're restricted on how they can move around. They don't know what to expect. They're not making much money. <laughs> now, that's
1: different. See, that's different than Student Mission Corps or Youth Mission, where you know you had to raise your funds. That was a right. tough sell. Recruiting students to not work for the summer right. but raise three grand right. and then go volunteer someplace. Now I get to say, hey, you get paid and your housing's provided and you've got a community you're with and they tell you what to do. You don't have to figure it out.
2: And it's like a gap year, really. But I don't think that I... If I were a missionary and I were picking out people to come and I knew that they had been there and I had somebody who was definitely just wanting to have an adventure, a romantic adventure, I would take these kids in a minute. Wouldn't you, Mm -hmm. Lyndall? Oh, yeah. I just think they're gaining so much knowledge about themselves and about really it's another culture. It is another culture. Mm -hmm. I definitely think that.
1: I just I'm so encouraged to hear you say that. and help me connect kind of that dot that both of those have been so important to me. And I'm living in the overlap of it. But your perspective is so meaningful to me and that you guys feel that same way. And as a and, and as a student mission core alumni, that you're looking from, you know, those years ago and a very different time and place and decade into this one and going, This is the equivalent for 2023.
2: They're learning to work with the ministry team kind of, but have to be self-starters and nobody's going to babysit them. They can be lazy about their personal spiritual development, anything like that. But I think it's a really good, I we've had a youth admission, and, you know, we would have good and we would have bad. Did you ever work with Tim, Tim Gernard? No, not Tim. No. Uh, oh, what is his name? Eric Gernard, from Olivet. you. Uh-huh. Okay. And he there and is. a guy,
0: well, he's at Trevecca now. He's the chaplain, chaplain of Trevecca. And then he came over with a guy named Brad Doherty. Oh, so, okay. Let me back up
1: a second in case somebody listens to this. Yes, I know Eric. Like, I've had coffee with him at Trevecca. I wasn't yeah. placing his name and who he was when, okay, when you were true. saying that to Eric. So he was somebody, he he went to Olivet and then came with Youth and Mission to you guys? Well, he actually yeah, he,
2: came with another friend. They were going to stay about a year. He stayed only about two months. He was in love with his wife, and I think we had an uprising or some kind of yeah, it was the Intifada, Ed. the Second
0: Intifada, and it got really uh, tense,
2: fairly close
0: to the church. and he had a, uh, you know, so he left and went back, came back to the states and Brad have to talk to him about that,
2: yeah, Brad anyway, stay. I think yeah. it's just such a good thing for them and, uh, I want them to know it is. I mean, mm. I know that.
0: My calling came right after I was at right when I was out of high school, and it was just basic I had felt the Lord was speaking to me about something I didn't know what it was. I really wasn't expecting it necessarily to be missions, but it was at a service at a youth camp, and the evangelist was speaking about um i don't know someone and saying something about God's needing someone to fill these shoes and I felt very, very much the Lord was dealing with me and I was there. I remember so like yesterday, but I was at the altar praying and there were a lot of people around me praying. Uh, You know, some were saying, let go, let go. And others were saying, hold on, hold on, (laughs) look up, look down. I was going, Oh, and I, and I got up in the altar and I said, you know, you know, I'm not sure exactly why, you know, why I was here, but I'm, I appreciate you praying for me, but I honestly, (laughs) they distracted me. And so I went and sat down in the front row And a guy was there and he said, did you feel like you were able to really pray what you were, what the Lord wanted you, called you here for? And I said, no. And we prayed together. And I said, you know, I really believe with all my heart, the Lord wants me to be the one to fill those empty shoes he was talking about. And then I went and talked to our director and the camp and my sister, I think, and my brother were there. And I told him, I said, I really feel like God has called me to be a missionary. And so I went back and my home, my home church was very supportive went to Olivet and uh, was very supportive there. I never lost um, any um, interest or I ever any, there was never any doubt that that was what God wanted me to do. And so I went to seminary and then Kay and I got back yeah. together after we had gone together. Yeah, then, we'd
2: know off and on in college, but I always say that when we got back together, cause I didn't like sending secret notes and say, god told me to marry you or anything <laughs> yeah i didn't do that but i, well, I it was... sounds like you might have thought
1: about it though no <laughs>
2: i really didn't i kind of told get back because he got engaged to someone before me right that's after. not
0: that's not part of the story no. that's not what he's interested
2: no but <laughs> i want to say is that is when that's we have... i
0: love the banter
1: between you two i find it so highly entertaining please just keep going
2: I knew that that was what I, that call had come for that reason. And I have always said, I think there are a lot of places in the world where somebody has a really strong call and some say, well, I just said, God, I'll go where you want me. But I think our Middle East experience, I needed to know I was called. I don't think I could have stayed if I just said, well, I'm here because you're here. I, I think it's okay. I needed to know that we to be in that place.